I know I keep asking this question Sunday after Sunday, but it really is one that I think needs to be asked almost because it is a no-brainer, but also because it reflects on really the desires of our own hearts. And the question is, do you really want to be blessed? Do you really want to be blessed? This morning as we consider another aspect of being blessed, if you want to be blessed, you need to honor others. You need to honor others. Most of us really, I think, lack understanding of what it means to honor. And so we want to start right off by basically saying, what does it mean to honor? What does it mean to honor? And you'll notice that I've given you uh, this morning in your outlines, the Hebrew, the Greek, and the summary. There are some synonyms to Honor, like esteem or respect or to pay homage to. In the Hebrew, the word honor means to give great weight. To give great weight or priority to. In the Hebrew. And you'll notice also that I've written down that in the Greek, the word means to prize. To prize, to fix a high value on and thus revere another. So it has to do with placing great weight, priority, and value on another person, as well as on God. This morning I brought with me a few things that I thought I would share with you that are that are some of my prized possessions. I've had this one for a long time, this little, this little container. It is uh, obviously from Iran where I was born and raised. It has carvings of Persepolis on it. Uh, you can tell that, that I don't shine it very much, but it would shine really well if I took care of it that way. But I like to hide it. It's a prized possession, and I kind of have it in my drawer. But I brought it out for for you so I could show you today this prized possession. And I I included a few things on the inside that I thought you might be uh, kind of interested in. Not a whole lot, because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on these prized possessions. But one of the things I brought with me is a 1968 silver half dollar that I received quite a few years ago with a picture there of John F. Kennedy on it. I remember getting that. It's part of what used to be a keychain. Used it and used it and used it for years and years. And um, I've, had, I've had certain individuals desire it. But it is a prized possession. And so they can't have it. It's just like my box. I've had some of my children who've looked at my box and said, Dad, that's an awesome box. And I say, yes, it is. It is. I also have this, uh, this uh, special bling. 
goes back a long, long time. I don't wear much bling anymore. In fact, I think, I think when, uh, when I had this experience with uh, an individual who came uh, to see me one day, this is years and years ago when I was a lot younger, and uh, he was struggling and having challenges, and, and I, I used to always wear a suit and a coat and a tie and all that, and I always had these very special tie holders and whatnot that went with it, and I always used to wear years ago those those special little clasps, you know, that would go along underneath your tie and everything else. And so I had all this all this stuff. And and this individual that I met with uh, on this one particular occasion, uh, he told me he said he said, you know, I, I'm I'm nowhere near doing as well as you are. And it kind of hit me, it kind of struck me. And so. Uh, as I thought about it more and more, I thought, you know, I don't want people to know me for my tie clip. I don't want people to know me for my, you know, for my, my bling. And so I started to reduce the uh, quantity of the bling, and I also started to just kind of set it aside. You know, you grow older, and sometimes you get a little wiser, and you realize what really matters. But I have in my hand also a uh, Western Conference championship sun's ring and uh and i can tell you for sure i've had some sons who've wanted this <laughs> and i have just kind of said well no <laughs> recently as most of you know if you look on that wall there's a picture of a cactus and uh the inscription there is, even nature knows, and it's a picture that Bill Doty took. And, and Bill gave me a, a special um, limited edition copy of that uh, in this uh, silver thing, and so I keep that. But what I wanted to share with you is that these items here, these are prized possessions and um, as much as I would like to say that they are worth the world to me. I need you to understand that they are not. They're just simply stuff. They're stuff. We prize things. We honor stuff. We don't want people to mess with them. We don't want people to touch them. We don't want people to scuff them up. Uh, we don't want people to necessarily even have access to them. In fact, I confess to you, do you know where these are? They're not out in the open. They are hiding. Now, I don't know if they're hiding on purpose. They just ended up hiding and I've never taken them out. I had to even hunt for these. I was looking, I thought, where'd that go? Where did that go? But my point is this. We honor stuff. We honor stuff. And did you know that in the scriptures, you, you and I are never encouraged to honor stuff? We are never, ever encouraged to give great weight to material things. We are never encouraged or, or even uh, challenged to prize or to hit, fix a high value on those things that are going to pass away. Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 6, he said, you know, don't, don't store up treasures on earth where moth and rust will corrupt. 
but store up treasures in heaven. I remember, again, going back some years, and hopefully I'll continue to grow in this regard, but I remember a particular vehicle that I valued very highly, and I didn't want anybody to mess with it or touch it. Now, you've got to understand, this was not, this was not a million-dollar vehicle. It wasn't even a $100,000 vehicle. It wasn't even a $10,000 vehicle. <laughs> but it was my vehicle. My vehicle, my Grand Torino, five-speed. Oh, yeah. oh, man. Oh, yeah. That puppy would hum. I almost got some tickets in it. Almost. But the Bible never tells us to honor stuff. It tells us to take care of it, to be good stewards of it, but never to put a high, high value on it, not to honor it, not to honor it. But the Bible says an awful lot about the need to honor others, to honor people. And so I wanted to share that with you because I wanted to set the tone this morning for what it is that we need to look at and understand together. Summary, to honor means to ascribe high value and priority to another. And here's the key, without stumbling over who they are not over who they are not. We are privileged and blessed to be honored by God. How do we know we're honored by God? Because of the way He treats us, because of His love for us, because of the fact that He gave His own Son for us. We are highly honored and valuable. And He is not willing that any should perish, but all should come and have a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. And He honors us. Not only that, he honors us and allows us to reject him. The God of this universe who created everything that exists has all power in heaven and on earth and he has the ability, if he would choose to do so, to require, demand, and in fact implement change on the part of every single human being because he is God. But think about it. He honors us so much that he allows us to be involved in the relationship. He values us so much that he doesn't want robots. He values us so much that he wants a relationship with us. Specifically, specifically, who am I to honor? Who am I to honor? And as you look at this list, we're not going to cover these in great detail, but I wanted you to, sh to, to know the, the various things that are specifically listed as far as whom we are to honor. And there are 10 here, 10 items. And I know that some of you are thinking right now, okay, God, give me these 10 things that I'm supposed to honor, these 10 people I'm supposed to honor, and I'm good to go. Let's see. Honor God. Honor God. Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power, for you created all things, and because of you, your will they exist, and were created and brought into being. Honor. Honor God. 
Most of us are familiar with the fact that in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, it says, Honor your father and your mother. It says, This is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land, that it may go well with you. You know, the smartest, the smartest children are those that recognize that the benefit for their existence and their future is in honoring their parents. Unfortunately, most of us don't learn that early enough to really reap the benefits quick enough. It takes us a while. We've got to learn the hard way. Honor your father and mother. Thirdly, you need to honor the aged. Honor the elders. He says, stand up in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. Honor the aged. Honor. And then widows. He says, honor widows who have no other family members to care for them. Honor widows. It's supposed to honor church leaders. Says the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and in teaching. And again, let me remind you that we honor other people and we ascribe high value to other people without stumbling over who they are not. When was the last time you met a perfect parent? When was the last time you met a, met a perfect preacher? Good luck with that. There's no such person or people. We are all flawed. All flawed. So honoring means that we give high value to people in spite of the fact that they're not perfect. In spite of the fact that they're not complete. If you flip your paper over, you'll notice that he says wives. We need to honor wives. Specifically, it talks about honoring wives. It says you husbands should Try to understand the wives you live with, honoring them as physically weaker yet equal heir, equally heirs with you of the grace of eternal life. If you don't do this, you'll find it impossible to pray properly. Honor your wives. And I can just, I can just feel it, you know. The wives are saying, yeah. Let him have it. Come on, husbands. They need to honor the wives. (laughs) Honor the wives. But not only wives, you notice he goes on in the next one to talk about honoring bosses or masters or people that you work for. He says, if you're a slave, you should respect and honor your owner. says this will keep people from saying bad things about God and about our teaching. Honor masters. Honor the people you work for. Honor those that are over you, the people that, that you are responsible to. And then he says, honor one another in the church. He says, love each other with brotherly affection and take delight in honoring each other. So in the body of Christ, we are to place a high value on one another. We are to honor one another. Again, honoring one another without stumbling over who they are not. Right? Now, if we stopped right there, everybody would kind of say, okay, that's good. I can, I can make a list of those. 
everybody else too bad? And then all of a sudden you look and it says, honor all people. Honor everybody? Are you kidding? Yeah, honor all people. All people. And then he ends up in this same passage in 1 Peter chapter 2 by saying, honor the king. And you, you, I know some of you are going, whew, thank God we don't have a king. Well, we do have a president. Honor the king, honor the president. Now, I want to I underscore, if I can, the fact that I've already mentioned there are no perfect human beings. But sometimes when you think about these people, all of these people, they can be challenging. They can be difficult. You can feel more like disrespecting them than honoring them. And sometimes you may even feel justified in not being respectful because after all they're not really the highest quality of person you think and you decide in your own mind as you consider these individuals that you know they're really not worthy of it because they're not respecting me and it's so important for me to say again as i did last week if you want to be blessed if you want god to honor you if you want god to pour his blessing out on you you need to respond personally to the things he wants you to do. Don't worry about the other person. Don't think about your boss and say, well, my boss doesn't honor me, so I'm not going to honor him or her. And don't say to your brothers or sisters or mom and dad, you know, they, they weren't good to me, they weren't kind to me, they beat me, they did all kinds of stuff, and, and they don't deserve my honor or respect. Yes, they do. They do because God says so. And they do because they were made in the image of God. They were created. Every human being was made in the image of God. You will not lock eyes with anyone who is not valuable to God and thus needs to be valuable to us. And as hard as it is, and as difficult as challenging it is, you and I need desperately to grasp this particular principle. If you want to be blessed, it is vital that you honor others, all of them. Every one of them. Every single one of them. I'm going to... I'm going to spend the last portion of our time under point number three because this really, I pray, will help you to understand what it is that we need to understand. What do I need to understand about this whole thing of honoring? Honoring, placing high value on another individual making them a prized possession, treating them with respect, esteeming them highly. What, it is, what is it that I need to understand? First of all, you need to understand that honor comes from God. Honor comes from God. When David was praying, he made the following statement in 1 Chronicles 29, 12. He says, both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all and in your hand is power and might and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone honor is something that god bestows it's something that god gives god wants to honor us honor could be also described as giving favor 
giving favor to another. Favor is something that's undeserved. You know, it's kind of like grace. It's undeserved favor. We're honored by God in that while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. God graced us. He honored us. And so we need to honor one another. Honor comes from God. Right away, that should tell us something about this whole thing regarding honor. If honor comes from God, then I need to understand how to tap into that. I need to understand what my part is in terms of relating with God in this whole thing called honor. Because we all want to be blessed. We all want God's favor. We all want God to pour out His goodness and His mercy and His grace and His bounty on our lives. We want His favor. And if anybody here doesn't want God's favor and you really don't care, you need to understand how essential it is for you this morning to recognize how valuable to God you are. Honor comes from God. The second point here is that if you honor God, God will honor you. If you honor God, God will honor you. He says, I will honor those who honor me. It's pretty basic. Pretty basic. Now, honoring God and placing God in a place of great value and prizing Him more than anything else is really what you and I need to be doing. We need to place Him at the very highest, highest level of priority and purpose in our lives. God needs to have the utmost value in everything that we do, in the way we live, the decisions we make. If we will honor God, God will honor us. God will honor us. Leads me to the third point here, and that is that if you dishonor God, He will dishonor you. He says, I will despise those who think lightly of me. Lightly of me. Honor. I know that we focused on God here initially because everything flows out of that. All of these people that we're supposed to honor are directly related to our relationship of honor with God. That is to say, sometimes we choose to honor people without honoring God because we have a manipulative purpose in mind. I know most of us in here have done all kinds of things as far as work is concerned. But I remember when I was a worker in a restaurant. And initially when I was starting off, I'd never done it before. And occasionally we would have people that would come into the restaurant and it was late, supposed to close at 9 o'clock and they'd show up at 1 minute to 9. And you'd kind of say, guys, we have one minute left till we're supposed to close. And I'll never forget this. They would slide a 20 on the table. And at the time, I was working 70 hours a week. It was a brand new restaurant. So we had very, very few people that would come in uh, at that time. It was all brand new. It was the Persian room right now, which is not 
so new anymore and it's doing fine, thank you. <laughs> but at that time, it was brand new. And I was making $2 and something an hour plus tips. And because nobody was coming in, I wasn't making any tips. And so I'd see the 20 and I'd go, oh, God, I haven't seen my family for 70 hours a week for the last I don't know how many weeks. But, you know, Lord, we kind of need that. And I was like, well, okay. So I'd, I'd serve them and take care of them and I'd cook and do all the stuff that needed to be done. And then when it was all over, it was, you know, almost 10 o'clock. And I'd be cleaning up stuff. And I think after the first or second time this happened, I learned my lesson. Because the 20 turned into a 1. 20 turned into a 1. You know how people will often get close and be really kind and say good things in relationships in order to benefit from those relationships? You can call it all kinds of things in the workplace. You know what I'm talking about. If you honor people for the purpose of gaining selfishly, if you prize them for what you can get, if you're manipulating then you're not honoring biblically. Because honoring another has to do with giving them value regardless of what they can give you. In fact, I believe strongly that you and I honor people more when there's nothing to be gained in giving them honor. Let me give you an example. Does God gain very much by honoring us? How much does he gain? Well, he gains a fellowship. He gains a family. But don't you think that maybe God, when he started off and Adam and Eve blew it, he could have just said, that's it. Pack this one up. Throw it away. Start over. But every single one of us were part of the pipeline when he started. Before the foundation of the world, he valued every one of us and cared deeply about us. He didn't scrap the plan because we didn't give him any benefit. He pursued us and he gave himself to us. Honor comes from God. If you want to be honored, you need to tap into your relationship with God. A relationship of dependence, a relationship of, of respect, a relationship where where he has prior claim over all the various aspects of your life. And when I say if you honor God, God will honor you, you need to understand the favor that God bestows and pours out on those who honor him and honor others cannot be quantified. Cannot be quantified. I mean, if you'll honor God, you will find in your experience that God will do things and place you in places and make relational connections for you that were impossible. Impossible. Because that's what he does. That's what he does. Remember Jesus? Jesus said to his disciples that if you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. What was he talking about? 
He's talking about the fact that if you hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you'll give your life up, you'll gain it. You'll gain it. So let me tell you, when it comes to this whole thing of honor, you need to let go in order to receive. You need to let go in order to receive. You need to extend honor to someone else. You need to extend honor to God who's worthy of it. God's the only one that you can honor because of who he is. Everybody else you've got to honor in spite of who they are. <laughs> but the Bible teaches us that if we will extend that honor, if we will let it go, if we will give it away, God will pour out his honor on our lives. Nothing, nothing, nothing leaves the hand of God as far as blessing and honor is concerned until you and I let go of what's in our hand. If you want God to honor you, you need to let go. God will not honor you if your hands are full. You need to let go. You need to let go. The other thing that's important here is that honor must come from the heart. Jesus said of those religious leaders of his day, he said, this people draweth near to me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You have to honor with your heart, not just with your lips not just with your lips. You know, I was thinking about some of the examples in the scriptures about this kind of honor. And one of the ones that stands out to me in a big way is David. You know, David was this, uh, this young boy after Saul was no longer deemed to be the anointed, even though he was still on the throne. And Samuel anointed David to be king. But he wasn't king yet. He had to wait. He had to wait. In the process, you remember that David went out and knocked off Goliath, literally. <laughs> knocked off Goliath. And there was a lot of jealousy and there was a lot of anger because David was getting a lot of praise and recognition and Saul was not very happy about that. The Bible talks about how Saul and his, his spirit and everything about Saul was really becoming dark. And so what does David do? David goes and plays his harp for David, for Saul. David played his harp for Saul, and as David was playing his harp for Saul, here is the, here's the servant playing his harp for the king whose place he's going to take, he's anointed to take. But he soothes him and comforts him. He honored him. You remember later on when David was running from Saul and Saul was chasing him down at one point in the cave, you remember when David was right there and could have taken his life, and he said, no. I will not touch God's anointed. I'm going to honor him. He's a bad man. 
He's an evil man. He's not walking with God anymore, but I refuse, I refuse to dishonor him. Doesn't that blow your mind? He didn't take his life. He refused to kill him. He refused to overthrow him. And then afterwards, when Saul was dead and gone, David, in his own heart, he said, he said to his servants, he said, is there anybody, anybody out there left related to Saul? Anybody out there that I can honor? And they said, yeah, there's this, there's this guy named Mephibosheth. And apparently when he was a kid, he got dropped on his head or something. And so he's, he's unable to really function very well. And David said, go bring him. And you can imagine when they went to get Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth was probably thinking, uh-oh, my turn has come. David brings him in. And David says, from now on, you're going to sit at my table and dine with me. And from now on, all the lands that were part of your heritage there, I am going to take care of them. My servants are going to, to farm them. And everything that comes from there is going to be yours. Mephibosheth. I think of David. David honored Saul, who was dishonorable. I also think of Jesus. Jesus who in John chapter 13 had a whole bunch of disciples that he was trying to train and prepare and they got together in the upper room. They're getting ready to have the Last Supper. In John chapter 13, the Bible says that Jesus got up and he girded himself with a towel and he went around and started to wash the disciples' feet. Jesus honored them. He served them. In fact, Jesus himself says, if you will serve me, I will honor you. I will honor you. At the end of that, in, that situation, what did Jesus tell his disciples? He said, I've just done something for you. Now you need to go and do it. I've served you. I've washed your feet. You need to go and wash other people's feet. Now, don't misunderstand. Jesus wasn't saying that you and I need to corral people in the parking lot and take their <laughs> shoes off. You know, take a bucket and some soap with us and wash their feet. No, Jesus was saying that he served us. He honored us and we were... Not honorable. Do you think the disciples deserved that kind of honor, frankly? Did, did they? No. Do we? No. But he loves us and he honors us. And he says, I honored you. Now you need to go and honor others. You need to serve others. You need to serve others. And the one thing that we've got to remember is that before you can be honored, you and I must be humble. Must be humble. There's two verses in Proverbs that tell us that humility precedes honor. One is Proverbs 15:33 says, "The fear of the Lord provides wise instruction, and before honor comes humility. Before destruction, the heart of a person is proud, but humility," he says, Proverbs 18:12, "Humility comes before honor." 
Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, the psalmist says, and you will be lifted up. The way up is down. The exact opposite of our culture. The greatest example of that is Jesus himself in Philippians chapter 2, who descended into greatness. He took a step down and down and down and down, leaving heaven. He humbled himself and became a man, humbled himself and became a servant, humbled himself and gave himself to die on a cross. He descended into greatness. You remember the years when everybody was talking about upward mobility? In God's economy, it's downward mobility that counts. If you want to be honored, if you want God to bless you, if you want God to pour out His His goodness and His mercy upon your life, you've got to humble yourself before God. What does that mean, to humble yourself? It means to recognize that without Him, you're nothing. It means to recognize that you need Him desperately. It means to recognize that you've got to give yourself completely open-handedly to Him and surrender your life to Him. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will lift you up. He will lift you up. You want to be blessed? Honor others. Make them prized possessions. Remember Jesus? A bunch of kids came along and wanted to see him, and the disciples said, no, 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 no. Jesus said, whoa, wait. Let the children come. I want to honor them. I want to touch them. I want to bless them. Over and over and over again in the Bible, you see stories and illustrations through the life of Christ where people who sought him found him. And people who believed and had faith and pursued him in humility and dependence received great blessing from him. Honor. Honor. So in closing... Let's stop honoring stuff that will pass away. And let's begin and continue to honor people. And especially let's honor God. Humble yourself. Even this morning, some of you came in this morning with your hands full. You did. Your hands are full, your hearts are full. Your anxiety level is through the roof. What does God want you to do with all that? Give it up. Release it. Father, we thank you. We thank you. You are so good. We just pray, our Father, that and help us to learn from you. Help us to follow your lead. Help us to help us, Father, to constantly come before you and let all the stuff that's in our hands go. 
Help us to come empty-handed and leave full. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.